There was several trips. There was a lot of falling. These girls are probably hamtrond. Freaking. You loose. gotta be. You, I'm sorry. Like Dude, in that situation, Victoria was messy. You gotta be. Victoria, Victoria and Katie messy. were both slurring the whole episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm the queen. <laughs> I, I'm gonna talk to him. What we do here is go back, 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 back. All right, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everybody. This is mildly legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com, at the Wheel Route on Twitter, Wheel Route Podcast at gmail.com. And we are also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google uh, Podcast Center, Stitcher, etc., etc. Find us, Google us. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. I'm at on Twitter at Logo on the Dawn. <clears throat> um and uh yeah con- you know I-, I know you guys love the weather updates south florida uh in the winter things continue to go well it's been a solid like 72 the past three days here real sunny can't complain gotta say we've turned the corner too the days are, are you know getting a little longer now which is a good thing it's true uh one of the few good things going down these days but we'll uh you know we're, we're out here we're breathing we keep putting one foot in front of the other and eating this elephant you know what i'm saying it's not, like like Chuck Pagano there. We just got to keep our nose to the grindstone, keep grinding, keep put the blinders on. Right. How many how many uh-huh. cliches in 20 seconds can you have 110%, you know? Right. Just control what we can control. Control the uh, controllables. Exactly. Who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am still in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh, still on twitter.com against my best judgment. Um Harrisonburg <laughs> weather update. It's it's been you know, kind of comfortably winter cold. Um, not like, not painfully cold, but it's cold. And it's been pretty dry recently. So moisturize, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to moisturize. Don't forget the chapstick also. Um, just just some pro tips for for life in general. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, things, things are happening, you know. Uh, first first full work week back has felt like about three weeks long um but we're still out here grinding for the shareholders as we do (laughs) i hear um i also hear that i think i might be a quasi shareholder but i you know i'm grinding for myself and that's you know that's a great thing right it's the american Uh, dream (laughs) bet on yourself (laughs) excellent still wfh for the foreseeable future oh yeah uh at least until july i think um and we also got the email canceling our annual conference that generally takes place end of may beginning of june uh which real bummer because it was this year um i was really looking forward to some texas time uh maybe visiting a buddy uh who may or may not still live in in the Dallas area? Um, trying to Kelsey do Wong fishing. lives there now. What's you could, that? Uh, you can hang out with Kelsey Wong. She lives there now. Oh, good to know. We got <laughs> we got friends in all sorts of little places. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, still still locked down. Uh, being socially 
responsible and rocking it, rocking the work from, from home setup, collecting that monthly stipend to uh, help help chop off a little bit of the internet expense. So that's been okay. Oh, that is nice. I should uh, should look into that actually. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, things, things, I'm on a similar trajectory. I do uh, get the benefit of getting to go to a construction site still a few days a week. So that does get me out of the house and I can kind of wander around and, and see things being built. But, uh, you know, got the really got the home office lifestyle locked in at this point. It's, it's not so bad. You know, I, I, I don't really think that it, I would have told you that this would have, been a, this would have told you, I would have told you it would have been like terrible and I would have not got anything done. And I'm not saying that I'm, you know, one-to-one efficiency, but I, I don't think there's been much of a noticeable drop-off at this point. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've also, we've, well, I've been doing it since like the first week of April. I don't know when you started doing it. Maybe Yeah, that. it was middle of March, I think. Right. So. Anywho. All right. Uh, what are you drinking tonight, Jordan? Anything good? Uh, just, just another one of these uh, Northern Michigan sparkling waters. A frosty boy. Know me. Of sorts. Gotcha. I have uh, shout out to Coach E. She went to the ABC today. This um, is a West Coast style. This is the Ransack the Universe India Pale Ale from uh, Collective Arts Brewing. Collective Arts. It's got a lot of uh, cool, cool low can art going on. Shout out I to them. So. With, with a name Milwaukee like that. Uh, it's a West Coast style IPA with galaxy and mosaic hops and it's unfiltered so cool it's pretty good it's definitely like a, a classic west coast ipa yeah. must say. not bad i'm into it a nice uh nice hoppy hazy one exactly right in the right in the money zone for your boy <laughs> um yeah i guess real quick jason it's got some work stuff going on shout out to jason shout and, out to the dukes uh, Shout out to the Dukes also. Coach E will be joining us later to break down an eventful and tumultuous first episode of The Bachelor. Pew, 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 um, pew. Yeah, which was uh, which was something. Always, always these it's a first shame that Jason isn't here for this because he actually I know. I think he actually watched this episode. <laughs> it seems like he was watching. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad to see him, you know. I'm glad to see him coming around to the, to the foibles. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we certainly aren't watching it because we're really invested in Matt James's love life. You no. know? And that's the thing. I think everyone thinks that we are. And uh, I could really give. Yeah. Not I cannot stress people. how uninterested I am in <laughs> right. this man's future success. I am I'm here, here to score completely points. blind luck. Um, I fear we may have we, we may we may be in a bit of a pickle when one of the two undrafted girls uh, potentially goes really far this year. Yeah. Um She's got strong early potential, and um, but I think personally that we're just going to have to leave her off a team and just wear this one. And yeah, see how we 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 can table that for when Coach E joins the fray. But yeah, there's yeah. there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of kind of wrinkles. Points left on the field. Yeah, <laughs> points left on the field. It seems like there's uh, if you will. Yeah, some new people in and out of the of the house as well, which will be. Um, interesting. They're making it difficult on us, really. Is what I'm trying to say. Bachelor producers need to run a tighter ship around yeah. here. No respect South. for the commissioners of these sorts of leagues, which is yeah. just a travesty. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, we can tell her when she gets here. But Koji, great work on the spreadsheet update. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Very, very easy now. to navigate. Visually pleasing <laughs> and comfortable. Everything you could want from a good Google sheet. 
Have you ever run the Google Sheet on your phone and tried to update it? It is a disaster. No, I have the. Uh... I, I all I have on my phone is the drive app so it lets me view stuff so you can and, just view it yeah yeah so I'll like I'll use that to check our picks spreadsheet every so often like if I forget what the number was or who picked what so I know right. how much to stress out over a 3 p.m big 12 game um but I <laughs> I don't mess around with trying to edit in the phone it's like it, it's very doable and and more user friendly than you would think um but it's just like when you're scrolling that spreadsheet side to side trying to find like where the water feature kiss is or anything oh, it's yeah like, it's, you could not be serious with this is it's terrible so you're selecting all kinds of boxes dragging them everywhere i mean it's it's a mess so anyhow all right let's um let's get to a little college football eh why not Tis, tis the season. Uh, shall we? You want to talk about um, the New Year Six type games, and then we can maybe talk about the coaching carousel a little bit, and then sure. we can get into the playoff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know I'm up to. That. All right, we'll go New Year Six first. So um, we'll we'll just go in order here. Uh, Florida, Oklahoma was the Cotton Bowl. This was like a week ago at this point, but yeah. um, over a week. Yeah, I think some of us took Oklahoma here. I got uh, stuck on the wrong side of yeah. the roster situation. Yes, Florida. I mean, Florida came out I had about as flat as possible in this game, and things pretty much – I mean, they got blown out. They, they Things got out of hand early. Yeah. Uh, Trask threw three picks in the first quarter, which was not, not great. Not a great – Yeah, uh, that was know. really weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't – like – Florida had, <clears throat> I saw nine starters not play in this game um, on both, if you count both sides of the ball. Uh, that included defensive tackle, some linebackers, DBs, um, you know, all three levels of the defense. Uh, Trask did play, uh, but you were, I think they were missing like their top like five pass catchers, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, anyhow, it just was a, it was a bad showing. <clears throat> um, I think the bigger takeaway from this game was uh, Dan Mullen continues to kind of step in it with some post-game antics, uh, and the fan base does not appear all too happy with Mr. Mullen right now. Um, I will say Florida fans have to be in that, you know, top five most annoying slash unreasonable fan bases. I, I will wear that. I understand it. I understand why you could be a little mad at the guy. I also understand that like maybe Mullen doesn't need, like, I think he's just kind of a strange guy. Um, yeah. I think he's got some personality quirks. Like, I don't know that he's a guy that you're going to, he's not Steve Spurrier, right? Like he, uh, Steve Spurrier, he's going to chop it up with you. And like, I think likes to probably know your name so he can like make jokes about you and, and things Spurrier like that. Spurrier knew how to play relationships. Mullen yes. does not. It would appear that Mullen does not, and then when he tries to, it comes off really clunky. Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't think it comes naturally to him. I also, I also think that we're all unique snowflakes <laughs> that have our own special um, quirks, and and we're all a little like blessed in different areas. But uh, yeah, certainly didn't. I I think the long and short of it was he kind of came out believing. It even started after the Alabama game. He pretty much in his post game presser said. This is probably the last game that the 2020 Gators, this this version of the 2020 Gators, are going to play together. Mm. Which is 
not not untrue, right? Right. Um, and then, so I think he was sort of setting the groundwork. Um, that game ended up being like just over a week after the SEC championship game. I think I saw or read Florida had like two or three practices the whole week nice. leading up to the game. They had nine people not play. They just really didn't take the time, I don't think, to prepare for this game. And I think Mullen was okay with it and then tried to let everyone know he was okay with it. I just don't think that was the right decision. Like, even if he was okay with it, get out there and lie and say, like, hey, we came out really flat. That's on me. I got to do a better job getting the team prepared. You know, just give the freaking line of BS that coaches give. Yeah. Instead, he gets up there and he kind of says things like, you know, this was basically a scrimmage and, like, we, we, we sort of knew this was going to happen and, like, we, we wanted to, you know, see what was on the depth track. Yada, yada. I don't know. Just, like, all the kind of, like, well, it, yeah, sounds, he kind of it sounds like, like excuse-making. like, this was our JV or our scout team yeah. out there. Like that, don't say that. It, regardless of how true it is, like, don't throw yeah. those guys under the bus like that. In yeah, my well, opinion, sure, man. Florida had some walk-on guys playing in the game, which also is fine. And like you said, it just, no matter how true it is, it could have been handled better. So anyhow, the Florida fan base gets a little revved up pretty quickly, and then this is coupled with the annual Dan Mullen. Uh, would be interested in going to the NFL news story that we get from every Jimmy Sexton client every year. Yeah. Um, that it's uh, extension season, baby. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't necessarily think that that is untrue. That if an NFL team or opportunity came up, he wouldn't at least look at it or whatever. But anyhow, it all seemed to snowball on him, on him right here, and uh, couple that with the news that Todd Grantham is coming back as Florida's DC next year. It's pretty rough. Pretty rough. rough uh, you know, seven or eight days. Yeah. For old Dan, um, I would like to just go on record as like, hopefully this is a galvanizing moment for the coaching staff and for him. And, you know, the team is on a three game losing streak at the end it of the year. It certainly doesn't help. The yeah. Lost it. Yeah. Lost the game. You shouldn't have lost in like horrifying fashion, you know, essentially frittered away what could have been a Heisman, you know, an actual Heisman moment or season for Kyle Trask. And, you know, and then, had played the best game of your year against Alabama, but that all somehow gets forgotten because it's sandwiched around two bad losses. So that all said, you know, maybe you get a little bit of chip on your shoulder going into next year and um, Florida gets to play Alabama next year. They're on the schedule. So if you get another shot at them, good luck. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Anyhow. I mean, that, that I don't remember really much of what happened in this game other than the interceptions. There was a pick six uh, by Trask early and Oklahoma kind of just, Got up. Emory Jones played a lot in this game. Uh, both the yeah. backup quarterbacks Florida played looked passable, so we'll see. Florida's going to look a lot different next year um, on mm-hmm. offense. And I think that might be a good thing for the defense, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, kind of just remember like being shell-shocked from the way the first quarter went and yeah. thought that um, – there, there was a moment maybe like mid-second quarter or early third quarter it felt like, oh, Florida might like actually mm-hmm. make a game of this. And then uh, it felt like Oklahoma got off of their laurels and built built enough of a cushion again to where uh, there, there seemed to be a gentleman's agreement of <laughs> Mullen putting, putting some less experienced, greener guys out there for the rest of the game so um, yeah absolutely um yeah it is i mean bowl games be like that sometimes like you just gotta wear it yeah for sure um but uh is is what it is we can move on uh but yeah i mean looking forward to next year i think i think i mean i think the future is pretty bright for 
Florida um, seems to be a good trajectory. I think the schedule stacks up a little bit, not in their favor next year. That's how it goes. Um, but uh, Oklahoma should be really good next year. They, yeah. <laughs> especially if they keep their defensive um, staff in place and are able to continue to kind of build on the success that they had towards the end of the year. I thought their defense looked pretty good. Um, Rattler is going to be Rattler. If he can like, learn to be more of a game manager can i say that and and i mean that in a good way yeah. um i think that i think that they're they could be i mean they shouldn't lose in the big 12 i don't know who if they have like a marquee non-conference game and they play oregon or something out of conference just to do it they might lose that game but um yeah yeah he's, he's Texas, gonna be really good he throws though. such a good deep ball yeah he can slang it for sure yes. um all right let's move on to the peach bowl eh yeah. I didn't watch any of this, to be honest. I'm not really sure what I was doing. Uh, didn't catch much of this. Horrible color matchup on the screen. Cincinnati versus Georgia. Georgia was wearing the black unis, which was throwing everyone off. I saw this on in the background wherever I wherever I was when this was happening. Um, it just looked like it just it just looked odd on the screen. Uh, Georgia pulls out a, a narrow victory, kicks a field goal at, right at the end, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was one that uh I was playing golf playing golf that's what i was doing that's what you poorly made. good boy yep. um <laughs> uh yeah i mean cincinnati was up big ish in in the second half and uh i 21 I to 7 or 21 to 10 21 I think. to 10 i think yeah. um and it felt like they kind of crawled into the shell offensively a little bit which was a mistake um they if it was a classic from what I remember, again, this was a week ago or so, but sure. Classic felt like they started playing not to lose instead of mm-hmm. playing to continue to win. Um, and, yeah, I mean, still a great season for Cincinnati. I do hate hate those Georgia silver pants. Like, yeah. I, I wish they'd just go white, like re- replace the silver. Because you don't wear silver tops. The white, the white tops with the silver pants, I don't like either. Um, yeah, there's a little too like who 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 in the NFL wear silver pants? The Cowboys and the Raiders, they're the only teams that wear silver pants. It just yeah, yeah I'm with you. I don't think the silver pants are necessary. I don't really like like the like black and red is a little bit of an aggressive color scheme in general. I do think Georgia does a good job with like kind of like a classic look and uh sometimes you don't need to overdo it the little collars on the black jerseys are terrible too like those yeah that was not collars. a good idea get that out of here that's that's awful um but okay yeah i i, I mean i think cincinnati acquitted themselves well uh especially given how the first playoff game went um right and you know i think they made a solid case that maybe they could have uh would have been potentially more fun to see them play their defense their defense you know is good it's it's good defense and yep. um you know, I think that their offense probably the talent on Georgia's defense probably overwhelmed that offense towards the end of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, Georgia should probably be overwhelming favorite to win the East next year, I would think, with JT Daniels coming back. But we'll see. Yeah, he. I mean, to his credit, he made enough plays to get them into a position to win. Um, yeah. It, if he can stay healthy, uh, which seemed like. He was the one this year who just kind of like was mysteriously not practicing. There wasn't a whole, and I, again, I don't know if that's COVID related or what, but. Wait, who is this? JT Daniels? JT Daniels. It felt like he kind of like 
came out and was like, "Oh, I'm I'm ready again now," and yeah, playing him. Um, so well, he tore his ACL last year and was like, I guess, working hard to try to come back and just wasn't ready or no one knew why he wasn't ready. And then all of a sudden, yeah, that, that was kind of the thing. Yeah. It was like, there was a lot of uncertainty about, is this guy ready? And then it's like, Oh, I'm ready now. Now that the season is what it is. Um, so yeah, if he can have a fully healthy season, uh, I would hope that they maybe try and get a little more exciting on offense. Like for their sake, I think that would be a good decision because it, it kind of feels like they need to depart from the like let's score twenty points and win with our defense brand of right. of football there. But I would I would I would agree. Um I mean and basically for them they are <clears throat> you throw out uh the Florida game this year, they you know, Florida jumped on them, scored thirty eight points and a half and that game was pretty much, you know, put to bed. But, you know, uh Georgia, from a talent standpoint, is they're you know they're looking they're looking up at Alabama and you know they're they're in that top sort of five from a talent standpoint. So what's it going to take to beat Alabama? Certainly, it's going to take more than twenty points a game, which is yeah what you what you just said right so, doing the job like right. Alabama is yeah. just going to roll out another awesome quarterback and have <laughs> yeah. death stars all over the place at skill positions. Uh, like so, legitimate real five star quarterback this time too, which yeah. is very scary. So cool. Yeah, and they're gonna have great receivers, but yeah, you just need to be able to score more. And in order to do that, you're you know, I think Daniels is good. Um, I don't know what kind of like pro prospect he is. I think he was getting a little bit of buzz as you know, could be pro prospect. He doesn't appear to like jump off the screen with arm strength, but that's I, I think that's a bit of an overrated um stat. So sure. All right, let's keep it moving. We will go to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh ended up stay. Ended up staying up late uh, watching this for some unknown reason. But uh, Iowa State held, holds on to win, right, in, the, in that game? That was – they pretty much – Yeah, they, they won and covered. Um, That's right, they covered. It's about they were, all our they were They were ahead more than just holding on. I thought this was like kind of like squeaky close for a little bit. Uh, it, was a small, it was a small line. It was four, yeah. Good. This is a good college football podcast. We're doing yep, a good job here. Are, we are so prepared and and well versed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I watched it. I was impressed with Iowa State, kind of not with Oregon, which is what we expected to be left feeling maybe after this one when we previewed it. But um, yeah, shout out to Matt Campbell. He great year for the Cyclones and Brock Purdy. Was, uh... Right. So, 21, 21 points in the second quarter pretty much did Oregon in. Otherwise, yeah. I mean, otherwise it was a tie game, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, they, that pretty much um, took care of things for the Cyclones. Um, I think I, – I don't know. I mean, like, Iowa State, like, I feel like they've kind of peaked. Like, they, they've maxed it out there. So, let's see what they can do um, moving forward. If they can get any better, or if Matt Campbell turns into um, the uh, you know Kirk Ferentz and just stays forever and is really good and always like second really place, rich. And, yeah, and it randomly wins that you know wins it the year that Oklahoma does like what they did this year, right? And you know yeah. parts a couple games away. They beat Oklahoma this year. Iowa State's good. Yeah. Um, Oregon, 
<laughs> what do you think about Mario Cristobal? I don't know. He he doesn't excite me. Like for as like kind of lackluster as his teams always seem to look and be, he gets mentioned for so, like huge jobs. Yeah, play. I mean, I guess players love him, maybe or like, sure. And I know he's an offensive line guy, and I think you know he likes to be. He's tough, and for whatever reason, that like um, plays. But he just like his teams don't like jump off the page. I mean, he was terrible at FIU. I know he was the offensive line coach at Alabama. Kind of, I guess, got some things together. But you know, I think he's a good recruiter. Oregon is, I believe, recruiting above their typical. Um, standard but i mean they even have more head call and plays there and there's just offense looks kind of weird and they don't really look ready to go and I, I don't know their quarterback didn't appear to get any better this year it was a weird year they only played <laughs> they really only played six games and yeah somehow they won they won the conference there but uh yeah i don't know i'm a little dubious of uh of the mario cristobal thing i just think he's uh i don't know i don't want to say in over his head it just i mean the whole pack 12 feels that way kind of like that's true it feels like that whole conference is there for the taking, so to speak. If you just get right. the, uh, a fire, a firecracker in the right spot at the right school, and like you're still like warm bowl of tapioca pudding, Clay Helton at USC, and yeah. you got Cristobal, who we're still unsure about at Oregon. And Washington is, you know, f- fitting in. Uh, Peterson's replacement still figuring that out. So, uh, right. But hey, shouts to Chip Kelly finally got above 500 at <laughs> one point this season. So <clears throat> this is Bruins. true. Easy to do when you only have like four games, right? You can kind of get, <laughs> well, it's there. also it's equally hard to do when you <laughs> only have like four games. It's a good point. It's so. a good point. Um, yeah. So anyhow, it just interesting. Let's put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that. If if Oregon like if Oregon comes out next year and goes. Seven and five. Are they happy with that? I I mean, I would imagine not. Like, Stanford's also not doing so great. Um, right. So They seem to have a slightly different investment uh, profile, but sure. I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, if I think if you're Oregon and you have a lukewarm season next year and you know you can get a guy that you're excited about, do it. Pull the trigger. Yeah. I just... Phil Knight will write a check. I don't want to. I feel. I feel like if Dan Mullen coached a Pac-12 team, he would win the Pac-12 like every year. Oh, for sure. It just seems like all the talent being roughly like equally distributed in that in that like conference uh, amongst the top like handful of teams, I should say. But you, like you just said, you know, um, I just feel like he would just like wring the most out of um, a team like USC or Oregon or whatever, and wouldn't have yeah, to recruit you... like particularly better than they average their average, you know, and. Um, well, and if you put him in Oregon, especially like where you got crazy facilities and and things of that nature there to recruit with, like yeah. you you could turn yourself into the Oklahoma of the Pac-12, where you just run right. that division and then see what happens with the playoff every year. Sure, which which is a good way. To, I mean, that's basically what Chip Kelly did. I would say, like he. He didn't, they didn't recruit like crazy at, um, Oregon. I mean, he hit it at the right time, but well, Chip Kelly was there when USC was at the peak of their powers and they were just as good. So, I mean, that's, um, or maybe that was right after USC's sort of peak, but, um, 
regardless um yeah it just seems that was a, that was a weird tangent to say but i was just thinking about that like man it's just yeah. like it seems like they just got a bunch of like blah coaches and blah you know i mean i think that the shine is off chip kelly a little bit i'm not sure that he's a great culture fit at ucla uh but you know team's getting better he's not an idiot he knows how to coach so all right this has been a weird weird conversation about this game uh but congratulations to iowa state and mr Brees hall 34 carries 136 yards yeah. toting it um all right <clears throat> same day let's do it texas a&m north carolina this is the excuse me the capital one orange bowl this was fun um i yeah. like i think one of the announcers described the first half as like an nfl style first half it definitely was there was like a fair amount of punting. There wasn't, it wasn't like high scoring really by any stretch of the imagination, but um, seemed to be kind of a, a field position dominated game and um, really sort of came alive, went a little crazy there in the fourth quarter. Texas A&M scores 24 points in the fourth quarter to win 41 to 27. Um, they, I think they kind of got like a, not, not a cheapie, but they got like a little touchdown right at the end that put it over. Um, really made it comfy yeah (laughs) right um yeah i mean good year for texas a&m uh i thought north carolina actually played better than i was expecting given they had some um some of their skill i don't think either of their good running backs were playing and i think they were missing at least one of their receivers deami brown did not play yeah his he's one of the big receivers yeah okay gotcha so yeah um sam howell looks (laughs) looks really good uh, that guy throws a, you know, talk about throwing a great deep ball. Mm-hmm. That guy drops it in there. He was getting not a lot of help from receivers. There was a handful of receiver gets behind Texas A&M DB and guy drops probably a catchable pass. Um, <clears throat> a couple bad ones, a couple tweeners, you know, you know, I was going to catch them, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I came away from this game a little bit more impressed with North Carolina's like fight and organization and defense than I was like, with Texas A&M, it seems like everything kind of caught up with North Carolina in the fourth quarter. Texas A&M sort of perfect situation, punched a couple of touchdowns in and, and pulled ahead. But this game was really close, and I thought it was a pretty fun game throughout. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, Texas A&M, I, I don't know that they got maybe as lucky as you or fortunate as maybe you feel, um, but because I think that's kind of been their – like mo has been lean on teams and then it it comes to fruition the the harvest comes in in the fourth quarter um but yeah i think uh like you said north carolina they they played their brand of football they had some some sloppy personal fouls and and things of that nature that certainly did not help their cause which has been uh pretty consistent all year long um but I don't think they have like I don't I don't think they should have expected to win that game heading into it. So I think they can feel good about the performance they they put out on the field. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, I, I hope you guys had fun. <laughs> I guess they did. I guess they did give up twenty four points in the fourth quarter. I, I just thought their defense looked um, stouter than I was expecting. Um, but I will also say Texas A and M like sort of like what you were saying. They just don't. Uh... <clears throat> they don't look like they tried to take advantage of anything. They just look like they kind of do what they do. And 
I mean, they didn't score any points in the third quarter. What was that? And they scored 24 in the fourth. It's just bizarre. Um, They just kind of like run the ball and try to set up play action. And, you know, Kellen Mond looks like pretty good, but not really sure that he's like that good. They maxed him out for the role they had for him. This year is what it felt like. I don't know. Like a different QB in there. I think Jimbo can do some completely different things, but it felt like. He he was definitely calling the offense this year to who Kellen Mond was sure. and was not, which is yeah. smart, For in sure. my opinion. Yeah, um, well, I, I'm interested to see who like Texas A&M's next quarterback is. They, I'm sure they have a highly regarded waiting in the wings young man ready to ready to fling it. But the Jimbo Fisher experience has been kind of odd in that. He gets quarterbacks like ready for the NFL. Like they run like a pretty NFL-ish system. I mean, he was, he had like Christian Ponder and who was the tall guy that played for the Bills? Um, EJ Manuel. EJ Manuel. These guys like weren't good NFL quarterback. I mean, Jameis is, hasn't really even been much of an NFL quarterback. Um, those it's Texas, a those lot sorry. of stat boxes though. Yeah, those those Florida State teams were insane. Um, with him on them, they were so talented and, and deep and really good. But I don't know. Sometimes I would. His offense almost seems to be a little. It's just grating to watch a Jimbo Fisher offense at this point. I don't. Yeah. I, he strikes me as the kind of guy that um, maybe needs to uh, simplify some things and like maybe advance a little bit with the times and maybe take advantage of a little bit more athleticism and and things that are available to him at Texas A and M. That he he seems a little stuck doing a lot of. Um, just pro style stuff that I think like intentionally slows down uh, his team's like games. Yeah. That's my opinion. Yeah. So because they can, I mean, and and like I said, they don't. It doesn't appear that they try to take advantage of stuff. I mean that that Florida game, like they, I mean they absolutely pounded Florida on the ground in that game. And then they kind of went away from it for a little bit, and it was like, well, what what, what happened? Why'd you guys do that? And this game against North Carolina was like it just kind of like weird gaps in the game i felt like where it wasn't very cohesive what they were trying to do on offense yeah well and it and it's kind of similar to how virginia basketball felt for a lot of tony bennett's uh tenure to this point where like they're they're very rigid stylistically and maybe don't have a super ready plan b or plan c when things Mm -hmm. don't go according to plan like the way yeah the way that AM offense runs is great when it works, but it also doesn't feel like they are well equipped, especially with Kel Mond as their QB to like put together quick lightning strike drives to get back into a game if they fall sure. out of it. And they, they could be lacking like just a, a, a really good dynamic playmaker on the outside too. I mean, one of those certainly opens up the field for yep. you and, and makes things a lot easier for your quarterback. But uh, um, all right. Again, we have devolved into odd conversation about particular gripes we have with each team. How do you feel about North Carolina moving forward? On the way uh, up, they're okay. I mean, yeah, they're like they're certainly recruiting well. Uh, I, I mean, you, you've got a really good thing in Sam Howell, and if he decides mm-hmm. to leave after next year, you better have someone ready Which to take will. his spot because, like. Yeah. Other other than Clemson, the ACC does not traditionally like replace great quarterbacks with another great quarterback. Um, like 
and that that's just hard to do period and oh yeah 100%. so i don't like unc is not recruiting all the other positions to the point where they can miss on some quarterbacks like their their offense is as good as it is now because of sam howell and he has good right. pieces but you're not just i mean they, they run the hell out of the ball with the running backs but i think you're right i think sam howell being on the field constantly being such a good deep threat forces yeah. you to keep safeties deep forces yep. you to evacuate the box if you know what i'm saying yeah you like that to pull right. out of the box if you will <laughs> evacuate the dance floor um all right you let's just go ahead and talk about these semifinal games yeah uh, while we're games. on the roll here no yeah we got playoff games. games same day notre dame alabama um go ahead jordan why don't you start it off uh i mean as, as i recall notre dame <laughs> was who we thought we who the who we thought they were um yeah alabama jumped out it it was looking like it was going to be blowout city for a little bit. And then Alabama put it on cruise control. It felt like, I mean, sure. Give some of that credit to Notre Dame, but yeah. um, if Alabama wanted to, they could have won this game by 35 points. It felt like, yeah, I mean, it was 21 to seven at halftime. They were thoroughly dominating. And I think, yeah, if I recall correctly, Notre Dame snuck in. I mean, if you just look at the, Mac Jones was twenty-five of thirty for three hundred yards and four touchdowns. Not a, not a, you know. Devonte Smith uh, had three in the first half. Yeah, Devonte Smith had yeah had uh, seven catches for one hundred and thirty yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Najee Harris had fifteen carries for one hundred and twenty-five yards. I mean, this clear was... jumped over a guy who was not even leaning over very much. Yeah, pretty shameful non-cover uh, by Alabama here, though. Yes. They did allow a late touchdown. That <laughs> If we sound upset, that's because let, we are. Let Notre, yeah, let Notre Dame, you know, made it seem like Notre Dame was hanging around, even though they scored a touchdown. Now, Notre Dame did re- recover an onside kick as well right after that, and uh, things got a little sweaty for Mr. Jordan, who had some, yeah. some fancy action going on this game with what you had it at 13. Yeah, I had it at, uh, at uh, 13 via a tease play that ultimately lost because of uh, the Tigers of Clemson. But, uh, you know, well, for, for the moment, the adrenaline was flowing, boys and girls. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, I think the hot take thing to do here is be like, get Notre Dame out of here. I'm sick of seeing it. And I think that's kind of true. I'm sick of seeing it as well. I don't think this is necessarily a Notre Dame thing. I think this is a fourth-place team thing. I think that one, two, and three are so well entrenched and far ahead of everyone else that if this had been Oklahoma, they would have the same result would have happened, if not worse. If this had been uh, Texas A&M, we've already seen Texas A&M beat the living get 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 their rails beat off them by uh, you know Alabama. If this had been you know, I would have liked to see Cincinnati get a chance just to see a different look, a weird matchup. Um, but I, I, I fear it would be the same situation, right? Like, yeah, I just see, don't think see that... I think ideally if we could have had Alabama play Ohio State and Clemson and Cincinnati play, that would have given us two sure. fairly exciting first-round games. But then you, you're probably stuck with a lackluster title. Probably. Yeah, given, yeah, given how um, things went. But uh, – yeah, I mean, it was, this was a beatdown, and even though the final score was only 17 points uh, spread, I think we picked it at, what, 20 and a half? And it was right there. And a half, I believe. 19, okay, 19 and a half. It was right there for forever. 
but uh, damn. Yeah. Great you do. You do. Congrats. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I saw that Notre Dame quarterback Ian Ian Book got uh, like five first place Heisman votes. Who are the people that voted for him? They all write for the same newspaper in Indiana. Yes, the Golden Dome Daily. Um, All right, let's move it over to the more, uh, I guess, worthy of talking about semifinal game. This was the All-State Sugar Bowl. Uh, Ohio State and Clemson. Um, Started off, I mean, it was a banger of a first quarter. It was 14-14 at the end of the first quarter. One of the greats. yeah, Clemson was doing the Clemson thing in which they were throwing 50-50 balls on the sideline and they were uh, – Trevor Lawrence was running the football and they were kind of mixing it up and they looked like – it was like, oh, cool, here we go. This is Clemson. They're doing they're doing the thing that they do. And then the second quarter came around. Ohio State scored 21 points and Clemson scored zero. And the game was like basically out of hand. At that yeah. Point. I mean, it was like a absolute whitewashing by Ohio State. Clemson seemed – confused on offense. I know Tony Elliott did not coach in this game, which clearly matters for the continuity of your offense, but um, Clemson like just didn't seem to be able to find those little advantages that they tend to find where they can ball as fails. You can dump it to Etienne flat, right? And get nine yards. They just like, they weren't able to do that, um, you know, beyond that first, the first couple of drives there. And it was, yeah, it was just it was just ugly, and then Ohio State looked great. I mean, I don't think any of us saw this coming. They looked so no, good. I famously uh, did not. Their defense, yeah, their defense looks really good. Um, defensive line was super disruptive. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was under siege most of the game. Didn't really seem like they had to do a ton of blitzing either, yeah, um, just to huge. kind of take care of things. Yeah, which obviously really helps against a team with as much skill talent as Clemson. But yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, it was really impressive. Uh, and then you know. Old, old Justin Fields with like a heroic performance. Shout out to him. Looked amazing after getting just absolutely looked up by our, our guy Skalski. Um, do we want to? Do we want to have the targeting Skalski conversation real quick? I mean, the guy gets I, thrown out. Of, the guy gets thrown out of like every other game for doing this. So he and he knows. He tweeted about it himself. Yeah, he tweeted it, about so. it, and I thought it was a very mature response from him and smart that he didn't do it like immediately after getting tossed he he <laughs> had some time to ponder and think about things and maybe run it right. by the sid to see you know how how he could clean it up or or uh make it play better but um no i mean i think like so uh, i think the most frustrating thing for me personally is not even like oh the guy got thrown out of the game because the rule is bad it's like seeing the absolute uh black and white uh like binary reactions to it on twitter between the the talking heads in the media our peers if you will like some people are just like oh that's the most ridiculous thing to do to throw him out and then other people are like no that's that's clearly what this rule i think there's a middle area somewhere like yeah. Yes, I I think you and I are on the same stance of we would prefer kind of a yellow card, red card system where there's or like a a, a, a headshot, not headshot system or, or something. I mean, I yeah, I, I think there's a way 
like you said, there's some sort of middle ground. By the letter of the law, that was 100% targeting. Clearly got what he deserved for doing that. Um, that doesn't mean I, I just, just there's two separate conversations here. Like yeah. there's the like you said, the people who are like that is clearly not targeting. It's like first of all, no, it, it clearly was. It was that's the letter of the law. He came in with his head down. He wears the cowboy collar so he can do that, well, right? I mean, as, the guy, as like, some other folks pointed out, that's pretty much the exact hit that uh, injured Ryan Shazier the way it did. Exactly. That, that was a good point. So I think again, that's why I'm Ryan Shazier one was less violent. To be honest, yeah, I'm I'm kind of hoping for a little more nuance in the way we approach these discussions. We being the media, right? Uh, the yeah. crazy leftist media, if you will. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I just think there's two separate conversations. Like, if there's a conversation about the rule and is it a good rule? Is the rule fairly applied? Is can the rule be changed to be? I I, I personally think the rule is less puni- is is overly punitive. However, I do, types of I do not have an issue with him getting kicked out of the game because that he knows the rule. He plays middle linebacker. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he knows the rule. He knows he's not supposed to do that. And I mean, yeah, it was violent. And, it, and listen, most targeting calls, I have of the opinion, are like, are they're circumstantially unfortunate, right? Like, it's bang, bang. What are you really going to do? The one in the Georgia game against the, the Florida Georgia game this year where Pitts got taken out, like, that was 100% clearly like the most clear like yeah. thing you're not supposed to do. This one needed a review, but like upon looking at it, like it was like spearing, you know, like you're not you're not supposed to do that. And yeah. They're trying to prevent you from doing that. And it was unfortunate that Fields also tried to spin right before he got hit, so he got hit kind of in the side slash back, and it looked a lot more like like oh god, like that looked awful than then maybe, I mean, to be honest with you, if he gets hit in the chest with the guy's helmet, the guy yeah. might, it's might like not be he, at If all. he didn't spin the way he did, Skowski's shoulder probably gets him yeah. in the ribs and there's no fuss about it. But again, like he, right. he can make that same tackle with his face up. And that's mm-hmm. kind of where, where the rub of the green yeah. lies. Right. And he knows it and he tweeted about it after the game. So shout out to him for owning it. And, yeah. uh, Understanding the mistake there. Back to the game, though. Um, you know, like I said, after 21-point second quarter, this one seemed a little bit out of hand. Teams traded touchdowns uh, down the stretch. And uh, 49-28, your final score. Ohio State dominates Clemson. Um, Thoroughly I, dominated. It was yeah, th- crazy uh, impressive. Um, Ohio State, I don't know that I was prepared for how like committed to – like a traditional running game, um, I was going to be with Ohio State. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, Trace, Trace like Berman, like, the fact if, that they can just feed him the rock. He runs hard. He's a big dude. He looks so good. Yeah, it felt like they uh, they were just kind of riding the high of, well, this worked really well against North- Northwestern mm-hmm. a week or two ago in the second half. Like, that's what pushed them over the edge in that game. So let's just see if it if the shoe is still hot and it was uh but yeah he's he's a very impressive looking back so it'll be fun to see yeah, him mean, and Najee harris do yes. do their respective things coming up how many carries do you think he had in this game I don't, know, I don't know if you're looking at the score maybe you know but i'm not looking uh trey sermon i would say 24 so we had 31 carries in the game this is what i'm saying like that's oh. a that's a heavy workload 
Um, and then Fields Fields was 22 of 28 for 385 and six touchdowns. So pretty good day at the That's office. That's a lot of fantasy points, dog. For, for, for Fields. For sure. One pick, though. The one pick was tough. It was mm. on a tip ball. But, um, you know, can't win, can't win them all. Fields looked really good um, through some just absolute gem deep balls in this game. It looked like well, he like, I, I, so I'm high. so curious as to how much of his arm he could actually feel for those balls, too. Yeah. Because you know whatever shots he got in the tent oh, were like it was the good stuff yeah yeah because i saw oh, someone i saw lying. someone on my timeline when they put him in the tent <laughs> just to eat like oh he getting that booty shot here in a minute <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's, it's gotta be yeah so shout out to the medical squad and maybe also not shout out to them for the way they handled it conflicting feelings for sure but uh yeah, of course, of course. I mean, likely some some sort of broken ribs. I mean, it was a super violent hit that he took, and it's crazy that he stayed in the game. But maybe he's got young rubbery ribs, and uh, you know, yeah, it's no true. It's no well, it also breeds. sounded <laughs> like they kind of just like did not bother asking or like trying to <laughs> ascertain what exactly was, was going wild, on. Though. Like, I mean, he was like, a shot. Like, go get wincing. it. Yeah, like heavily in pain, right? Like you saw him uh, try and get up on the bike. And just yeah. the look on his face, that's not a fun you ever, time. You ever ridden one of those bikes? That's the assault bike. Not the, that the bike, but that look on the bike. face kind of felt like or reminded me of, of like, you know, maybe after you've had a few too many PBRs the night before and then you eat a, a spicy breakfast the next morning Ooh. and there's like oh, yeah. the PBR poops plus the... <laughs> Plus the the spicy hot sauce. Plus the Denver the Denver omelet doused yeah. in Tabasco. Yeah, yeah, right. I got you. No, What's that feel? one. <laughs> Do you? Do you? Uh, <laughs> anyhow, um, yeah, thorough, thorough domination. So it sets up a pretty fun title game, um, I would say, given how well Ohio State has looked or looked in this game. Um, you know, they didn't look very good against Northwestern, but they also had a running back run for like. 400 yards in that game too which was kind of weird so yeah. you know maybe they didn't need to look great because they were just doing that and it was boring but um yeah i uh i also i guess just want to say like this is what in my opinion kind of the fine line that clemson walks because mm-hmm. they we've talked about this this is to their benefit right they can really put things in cruise control for a lot of a season <clears throat> They might have a Texas A&M game at the beginning of the year, or they might play one of the you know ACC kickoff games or something. Got to get up for a big game. Easy for a team as good as Clemson to get up for a big game, right? But in, they can kind of really like dumb things down and put it in cruise control for big portions of the season, playing in the side of the ACC they play on, just playing in the ACC in general right now. And um, typically they're able to kind of ramp it back up, but they, I would say they they kind of got caught here. Tony Elliott not being able to sort of massage the game plan as things started to snowball you know i think they punted a handful of times in that second quarter when probably looking back they shouldn't have or at least maybe yeah. maybe if they if give up bomb touchdowns you might as well go for it on fourth and three at the 50 you know and, and they yeah. punted a couple times there and like i i don't want to say everyone needs to be lane kiffin and just be you know shooting from the hip and never punting but at the same time like you're clemson you're really good you have what, you know, some of the best, you know, best, one of the best running quarterbacks in the country, one of the best quarterback decision makers in the country, 
and running backs. Like you need to like try to stay in this game when things are getting out of a little out of hand, right? They and they, I would say, they kind of hunted themselves out of this game, and their defense didn't really. Their defense got exposed, but I yeah. think you probably expected the offense to like find more rhythm. Um, but yeah, all that is to say, in my opinion, like Clemson occasionally. It's just like they're they're not able to flip the switch as yeah. as well as they maybe think they they should be able to. Well, and so in the defense getting exposed is is I think a topic that's not getting talked about enough. Um, sure. Just because it feels like people are starting to catch on to how how to make life tough for Venables because it I mean just watching them this year like having watched how Virginia played them, how uh, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, how Virginia Tech was successful doing some of this stuff, and it felt like Ohio State was, it felt like the approach is you you really like r- almost rush up to the line so they don't have – like Venable's defenses, it feels like they thrive when they have time to diagnose and call the exact right thing. But if they just have to be in yeah. like basic stuff – to cover a lot of potential outcomes based on what the offense is doing, they're not nearly as threatening. So well, and also not having four NFL caliber defensive linemen like that are all juniors and seniors yeah, for sure. Like, but it but just comes down what you like, the, like running the like sugar huddle out there all the time where we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. Okay, we're gonna break out of this huddle, get set, and go. Like I think that's a really cool thing that teams. Mm-hmm are starting to figure out against Venables specifically. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll he'll go back into the lab and figure out, you know, how how do we make this uh chink in our armor not a chink anymore, but um for, yeah. for this season it's been kind of fun to see teams try and milk that for as much as they can. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. I just I, I just think there's also a, a a Jimmy's and Joe's component to it too, right? Mm-hmm. They just don't have they don't have the horses, or at least their horses aren't old enough <laughs> um, up front. On, on, frankly, on their offensive and defensive line, yeah. uh, their offensive line got pushed around too. And yep. you know that that changes who you are as a team, and I feel like forces you to be a little bit more scheme dependent um, on offense. And you know, like I said, their play caller was out. They didn't have the ability to sort of tra- transition within their scheme to doing something that maybe was a little bit more conducive to success against how Ohio State was playing them on defense. They just couldn't stop the run, and because they couldn't stop the run, they then got just they just got taken up top a couple times, and that was surprising, frankly, just to see them yeah. just get lit up like that. I mean, they got lit up. So yeah, um, poor anyhow, poor uh, number one back there got picked on oof, a lot. Oof, but you you want to play play big boy ball you got to be ready for for big boys the, on the uh, other side it's the marco wilson school of of being out on an island and, and things not going so well for you no sunscreen being out on the island with no sunscreen let me tell uh, you boys and girls <laughs> all right so what are we doing here jordan are we picking the national championship game or yeah, well, let's gonna... just pick the national championship game okay got, i'm into uh, it we'll see if it happens we, we have some bubbling covid concerns it might get pushed back but tbd yeah, it it's all it feels like things have gotten a little quiet on that front over the last 48 hours, which is understandable given how the last 48 hours have gone. Um yeah, just in general. Uh so yeah, we're going to pick Bama minus 8 and whatever happens will happen. Um 
just to review the standings real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, please. Let me pull pull back up the spreadsheet I just closed out. This is fantastic radio. Uh, <laughs> Making magic, baby. So last week, the New Year's Six, Jason and I both went three and three. Logan went four and two. So overall in the year, we've got Logan and I tied for first at 38, 35, and four. Both of us, we have secured another season of above 500-ness. Shouts out to us. Another. Jason is Another riding one. the lightning currently. He is 37, 36, and four. Uh, so he will not finish below 500. But the this week will determine... Is he is he dead on at five hundred, or does he get to get into the black a little bit? Um, so we've got Bama minus eight. Jason has not texted in his pick yet, uh, so <laughs> we'll maybe we'll DQ him on principle. I don't know. Um, I'm gonna take Bama. Yeah. I think uh, they're more complete. They've been more consistent all year. This will be empty empty the playbook out. I am a little concerned how focused Sark is or is not given that he is the new coach of the Texas Longhorns, but, um, spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just like if Ohio state can put together two of those games in a row, by all means, like tip my hat to him, but I just don't see it. I'm, I'm kind of thinking they regress to the mean a little bit, especially against Alabama. Yeah, uh, I'll also take Alabama. I think it's my main my main thought with Alabama at this point. I don't know if I'm stealing this from someone, but like I think you have to score north of 50 points to beat them. Um, you're not going to. You're not going to. We were, you know, we we're talking about Georgia needing to maybe change up their approach if they want to like be in that league, right? But you know, Ohio State's maybe capable of it. I think Ohio State's a little one-dimensional in their passing game. They only throw to Olave. Um, I think Alabama is able to hopefully hedge that off or try to bait fields into maybe making some throws that he thinks he has that he doesn't have, uh, do some some nice little coverage rolls there. Alabama doesn't have great linebackers, so we'll see how the defensive line holds up to the running game from Ohio State. But, I, I, I yeah, I just think Alabama does more things – well then ohio state should be able to jump on them or maybe just kind of pull away in the second half um and if this game gets pushed back dude waddle might be healthy too which is yeah like i mean i think he's like close um could maybe play uh and you know ostensibly could be motivated to play but uh dude that's crazy i thought he had a pretty nasty injury i don't uh, maybe maybe I was wrong. Did he like? I thought he like broke his ankle or something like in kind of like a gross fashion. But um, shout yeah, out to I him. thought it was kind of like the Bryce Hall injury of like yeah ankle. yeah. But maybe if you get like a real clean you know tip fib situation, you can just uh, button it back up and you know get on the get on the There's two and juice. Not much shrapnel floating around. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, so clean breaks, <laughs> clean snap of the leg. You really want to see slice. that. Yeah. yeah, the good news is. Um, like that Louisville guy uh, in that basketball. Oof. 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 Gross. Nasty. Um, okay. That's all I have to say. Uh, I Yeah, I just I, I think Alabama um, will be able to take advantage big time. I'm excited their, for the game, though. 
And uh, yeah, you know, they got three of the top five Heisman vote getters in their on their team. At Must once. be nice. And potentially the best one of them coming back from an injury. <laughs> so, <laughs> make it four. But uh, all right. That's all we got uh, for games. Um, a strong last two week push for your boy. Just saying that I really needed. I really needed that. I think I was like, was I? I was either right at five hundred or I was flirting with it. And I, yeah, you uh, were. You were flirting with five hundred right and under. under. Yeah. So. But so right, I do for not getting comfortable there. You you rose above <laughs> the ashes. Hundred percent. All right. You want to uh, talk some coaching carousel this. Things really, things really got weird again um, yeah, on the coaching carousel. The yeah, this weekend, um, kind of like breaking news over the weekend. Well, like it was right after the, oh, was it Sunday? Was it Sunday? I think it might have been Sunday that this all happened. But uh, uh, I think it was Saturday because I was working on my car that day, and that's when I saw all the the flurry of texts. Gotcha. Uh, so Saturday, um, news breaks that. It appears that Texas has fired Tom Herman. That was confirmed. The firing of Tom Herman was confirmed, and there was sort of a uh, likely or pending hiring of Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, this comes on the heels of Texas's AD, the thing's Crystal Conte, um, saying that uh, Tom Herman was definitely back next year, and uh, that was just just not true. So yeah, he's a liar. That, this was kind of a, a wild. And it's all happened very fast. I mean, it happened within like six hours, right? Yeah. You know, there was a little bit of like chatter, like, oh, the deal's not done yet. Not quite sure, but you know, but uh, Herman's definitely fired. So um, I guess they had this pretty much lined up. Um, how yeah, do you I feel, kind of assumed, like, if how do you gonna, feel about like how, how this went down? I mean, yeah, if you, I, I just kind of assumed, like, because I, I pieced it together kind of in the aftermath of. Herman's fired. Sark's the new hire. Wait, no, he's maybe not. But then, yes, he is. And I just kind of assumed, like, okay, if they just fired Herman, it means they've got their guy lined up. And so it's it's a f- mere formality of, of crossing the I's and dotting the T's, if you will, um, to, to getting that thing official. But, um, yeah, I wonder... I mean, does does Tom Herman go go to Alabama staff now and get his his uh, image rehab tour done? Do they just swap? They could have they could have traded. What's the uh, Tuscaloosa strip club scene like? Are they, are they really popping off? I'm sure off he knows or... it. It's in. It's got to be in his recruiting footprint. Yeah. Um, Splits on duo. The podcast did you know did a pretty good job of, I guess, kind of breaking this down and sort of breaking down a little bit of like the Tom Herman thing. Cause it, it seems like Tom Herman has kind of gained uh, a reputation as maybe being a bit of a scumbag, uh, <laughs> scumbag light maybe. I mean, I don't know over the, over his tenure at Texas, but he was like really well regarded and like loved by his players and, and did a good job at Houston. So yeah. I don't really think there the was money changed lot him. Yeah, I don't really know that there was a whole lot to, like, you know, nobody really saw this coming other than the fact that the product on the field was, like, never probably up to the Texas standard or whatever whatever they're going to whatever they're gonna say. But, I mean, he never even really got – did he coach with a quarterback other than Sam Ellinger? 
Shane Bouchelle. Oh, okay. So, but that felt right. like it was the same. Like, I mean, I feel like they were both together. Room. They were like the same, yeah, the same yeah. recruiting class, I think. And Bouchelle got the initial go, and then Ellinger came in. But yeah, I mean, I guess sort of the, the I guess the more interesting thing is they clearly had targeted Sark and wanted him to take this job. Um, I mean, you don't make that hire that that fat. I mean, does a job like Texas, you would think they would maybe do a national search. You might have NFL names. And, back, and I'm involved. sure there were back right. channels going on for months. I yeah, I mean, there has to have been, but it's just it seems like kind of crazy. Like I could see this quick turnaround if Texas was hiring uh, Urban Meyer. Yes, yes, there you go, Urban Meyer, John Gruden. Uh, you know, any of the like the silly like big time just name names that. Yeah get bandied about for these kind of jobs uh nick saban right you know but it's just like oh we're hiring a steve sarkeesian guy like most recently was i mean i'm talking bad about this guy he's obviously done the work he needed to do uh to like be in recovery and and, and sober up and everything but i mean kind of like spectacularly flamed out at usc and was drinking on the job and like got fired for you know for things like that i mean not not and and wasn't the team wasn't that great, so yeah. on top of it the team wasn't that great. So it's kind of like it seems this isn't exactly a sure thing situation. It I mean, it's not even like bringing Matt Brown's purchase or like by by someone who is a time traveler and yeah. sees how Steve Sarkeesian's stock just continues to shoot up in the future. So they're like, I'm gonna come back and and get him locked down for Texas instead of him going. Which to yeah, Texas. I mean. I think we would put Texas in one of in the top five to seven jobs in the country to have, yeah, right? Sure. That's crazy. This guy's had two of them. I mean, he's like almost a almost a Lane Kiffin type at this point. So, um, listen, the Alabama offense has been great. He's been really good this year. He's a really good quarterback developer. I we'll, we'll see what kind of staff and and staff he puts together and how they can recruit yeah. and, and Maybe coach Scott, and old Scott Cochran a call. Oh, are you talking about Georgia special teams coach Scott Cochran? Yeah, I think he's ready to make the jump to defensive coordinator now. He's he's been in the in the coaching game a year or two, probably a year. Yeah, that's true. He loves he loves the game. So anyhow, all right. Well, um, I think that's the main one. There's some assistance. We we talked about this. And this is the annual post signing day flurry of assistants moving to and fro. UVA staff staying mostly intact. Any yep. changes? As far as we know, I think the only like potential uh, departure that was being monitored was uh, special teams coordinator Ricky Brumfield was being rumored for Vanderbilt job, um, okay. but they have since filled the role he was being considered for, and so. As far as we know, he's staying put. Um, so yeah, I think I think another year of of the who's sticking sticking continuous, um, which I you know I'm fine. I I figure an I'll retire in a year or two, and yeah. uh, you know hell Bronco might retire in three to five. So um, <sighs> you know things things are just gonna keep rolling until then though. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I saw, so we mentioned Florida, I guess announced that Grantham was coming back. Um, not super excited about that. To be honest, I was kind of ready for Florida to move on. 
Um, I also under sort of in in kind of a twisted way understand it. Um, this is one of the good and bad things about Dan Mullen coming on is he's sort of loyal to a fault to his to his dudes and um, and I guess Todd Grantham is one of his dudes at this point. Um, Dan Mullen's also had pretty good success picking defensive coordinators. I got to hand it to him. Um, Manny Diaz. Uh, and then I think we moved on to who's the Georgia tech head coach, Jeff Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, and then I think it was into, was it Grantham right after that? I don't know. It might've been someone between Grantham and him, but um, so like, I know the guy knows how to pick pretty good successful defensive coordinators. Um, and I think there's a chance for Grantham to maybe learn from some of the mistakes that were made this year. Um, so that would be, that's the absolute rosy outlook. That's the, the optimist view. Yeah. The, the negative outlook is like the, the products seem to get worse throughout the year. The team like on defense didn't really seem to like be practicing. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, continue to have problems getting lined up. I've heard that Todd Grantham kind of does a bit of a Jimbo thing. Like I think he runs like a very complex NFL ish mm. system that I just think causes in some situations uh, might cause a little too much, uh, brain <laughs> brain usage Paralysis by the whole by defensive yeah. unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you're, you're not able necessarily to flow. Now, if you also had faster linebackers and had a really stud defensive tackle and another, you know, a, and a safety who could make a tackle, like the defense might also look way better and way different. So uh, we'll see. Like I said, maybe a Jimmy's and Joe's issue coupled with um, some improper usage. I, I did see Florida hire today. What is his name? They call him. They call him the crime dog. Something McGriff. Travis, not Travis. <laughs> Travis McGriff is like a five-eight white wide receiver for Florida. Wesley McGriff oh. um, hired him from Auburn, so okay. he was. Uh, he's going to be co-defensive coordinator, and oh. um, so Florida did fire the safeties coach and the corners coach. Torian Gray is the corners coach. He's I think likely to join South Carolina staff. I think he's a he's a Virginia Tech guy. Um, and uh is i believe he's boys with the beamers yeah uh well regarded but things really fell apart on that side of the ball this year so um wesley mcgriff from auburn um hopefully a little bit of recruiting juice would be helpful too auburn tends to recruit really well on defense and uh yeah even with the lame duck head coach pulled in a pretty good class this year of uh, defensive backs and things like that. And then I saw at Florida. So that means Florida still has another spot to fill on that side of the ball. And I guess the early rumors are either Charlie strong or Chris Ash rumored Mm. to join the Florida staff. So um, might be, you know, you could probably be setting up a little bit of a, uh, maybe if things don't go well for Todd next year, maybe Chris Ash gets the nod. If he's on the staff, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I believe he was most recently with Texas, I'm guessing. He was Texas's okay. defensive coordinator. He was a Ohio State defensive coordinator, and then I believe he was Texas's. Didn't um, he, was he involved with Rutgers at all? Was he the Rutgers head coach? Oh, yeah, I think he was. I think he was the head coach at Rutgers, yes. Yeah. Go Rutgers. Yeah, go, go Rutgers. Successful year. Um, anyhow, this is a pretty inside conversation here, but uh, always good. A couple of a couple of decent names. Um Joining the staff is always helpful, uh, if if nothing for recruiting purposes. But yeah, you know, a little new energy, just, some different balls to look at things. Yeah, organization on that side of the ball. I mean, Florida's got a lot of talent, really good 
uh, defensive back class coming in, five-star Jason Marshall probably figures to start right away. Um, and then you've got Kyrie Elam, one of the best corners in the country on the other side. So that, that changes the face of your defense if you can have two lockdown corners um, and maybe get a little bit more creative. But Florida has to get a little beefier in the middle of the field. They have too many like guys that are like these hybrid rush end buck type guys that aren't like that just don't do anything in the run game. And it, it kills me. I, I can't stand it. But anyhow, that's just like, you know, you look at like Texas A&M, they got like some just big old dudes that eat up blocks in the middle and it, they just do a job and let the defense work right. And Florida to struggle with that right now. Their defense gets pushed around at like the first and second level. And then you get mad at the safeties for missing tackles. So it's like, well, the safety shouldn't always be having to come from 30 yards away to make a shoestring tackle. Um, you know, we, we should have maybe hedged that one off before yeah. it got to that point. Yeah, that's like the, the Quinn Blanding always le- leading UVA yeah. in tackles. It's like, well, right. I'm, like good for you, Quinn. Yeah, that's not great. Oh, brother, you've got a team. nose. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, any other news? I saw Boise. Shane Beamer lost Mike Bobo, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so Boise, I guess, is is looking to hire Mike Bobo. Huh? Really? No, that was, that was Auburn. I apologize. Oh, yeah, that I was, was going to say. Brian Harson, the new Auburn head coach, bringing Mike Bobo Poached and another Mike guy Bobo. from the South Carolina. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and then they hired a defensive coordinator too, Derek Mason, mm-hmm. uh, at Auburn. So mixed an uneven performance and hirings today by Auburn. But uh, um, I'm just like not very like I, I just would have a tough time getting excited about a Mike Bobo offensive coordinator situation. Yeah, if I, I were Auburn, I were looking across at Alabama. If I were a recruit, I would have a tough time getting excited <laughs> exactly. about that as well. <laughs> exactly. Um, Boise has not hired a head coach to date. I saw actually Florida offensive coordinator Brian Johnson was interviewing for that job. Huh. Um, I do think that uh, Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator, I forget his name every time. Ellen Moore. Ellen Moore declined the opportunity to stay with the Cowboys. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, not the Boise State Cowboys. Because Boise State are the Broncos, not the Cowboys. That's right. That's right. You're right. Um <laughs> That all said, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens at Boise. They've had a pretty good run of picking coaches the past 20 years of Boise relevance. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if there's any any other assistance or anything worth talking about. Oh, I saw LSU hired an offensive coordinator. He is a Joe Brady disciple. <laughs> Somehow Joe Brady, who's like young, your age, Jordan, already yeah. has disciples. That well, are now it's like, like he's he's the the Sean McVay of mm-hmm. college football. It's like anybody who's been in a meeting room with Joe Brady's getting elevated to coordinator yeah. and co-coordinator positions. So yeah, because if there's one thing if there's one thing that I want is that it's the 2020 Carolina Panthers passing attack. You know right. that there's well they were missing nothing... Christian McCaffrey for a good portion of the year, so cut him some slack. I said passing attack. Yeah, but yeah, I got you. Christian gets involved. He gets involved. In the past <laughs> he, he does. He does. I just, they, I think, um, yeah, you're right. It's the, who are they trying game. out there? Teddy Bridgewater. And, and PJ Watson from the XFL also. Yeah. See, dude, look at the, Jimmy, dude, look you want to talk right about now, a Jimmy's and Joe's recent, problem. Look up the most recent Carolina Panthers 
box score for the for the last game. Look at this passing performance. It is abysmal. I'll make a note. You should not. You should not be playing that bad. Yeah, you should. You should not be playing that bad at the end of the year. That all said, I saw Joe Brady was interviewing for the Falcons head coaching job. So good for him. Good for Joe. <laughs> I feel like there's been a thousand people interviewed for the Falcons job. Yeah, Dan Mullen apparently super interested. Wants it, you know, <laughs> on the way up. His, his wife was looking at property in Buckhead, so. Um, yeah, I think we're all I think we're all set on the coaching carousel here. Um, we're once you once you start breaking down position coaches, it's probably time to hang up the stick. Probably time to put it let's well um on. let's take a quick to and we'll bring Emily in here and yeah. uh, do a quick bachelor breakdown. Sounds good. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We're joined special guest Coach E. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. Very cozy. It's cozy girl season here. Uh-huh. We got a little cold front moving in. And Koji is all cozy up, but rocking a pretty sweet Jurassic Park t shirt. Indeed. Mm. Movies that Jordan has still not seen. Yeah, and unfortunately, his trip to the Great South was delayed. The Great South. And we weren't able to have our Jurassic Park marathon. So. Yeah. True. Not just cozy boy season. It's Would also excited to tearful, tearful boy season. Tearful boy season. <laughs> it's always tearful boy season. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, we talked about this last week. Also, guys, shout out. Great episode last week of the podcast. All right. The draft episode really hit. Oh, yeah. Some Tremendous energy. work every year. Yeah. Great energy. I think I should have four and a half rum runners before every episode. <laughs> and then, like guzzle three glasses of water and just move right in. Yeah, you had a pickle right before too. I did. My electrolytes were yeah, my electrolytes were popping. Some CP, CPK before the episode yeah. as well. <laughs> my cinnamon, my my, my synapses. Gargle and some mustard. Mm-hmm. Oh god, <laughs> 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 so nasty. I love the Grand Canyon. What a oh. psycho. All right, um, but yeah, regrettably, we also have another episode, <laughs> another season of this freaking franchise starting. Um, like too soon. mere three days after Much the like other the one. NBA. Started back way too soon. Yeah. You know? Give Chris Stop. Harrison a break, bro. Let him, <laughs> let him enjoy the off season a little bit. So where, where to begin, Emily? Where to begin? Well, I mean, it's a, it's the intro episode. We not, we, we all know how this goes. It's always kind of boring, but you know, we finally got to meet Matt James, uh, who was, Kind of first flown in on a little private. What do you call those planes that only have two seats? Like a bi- biplane? No. What is this called? No, a biplane has two wings, like Got stacked it. up. But didn't it have two wings stacked up? It oh, was like an know. old plane. Oh, did I it? think so. Yeah. yeah. It was like an old plane. I missed this. Only a I, think, I think the Wright brothers built it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. It was one of the first. It was one of Orville the first. And, Orville and, so, and Wilbur Redenbacher. Redenbacher. Yeah. Flew right on in to Nemi Colon, and then he pulled up to the resort in a G wagon. I mean, just some real great energy pulling up. Also, Nemi Colon, wow, looks like a sweet spot. I was spot. impressed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the- Pennsylvania's finest for sure. He, he, so he somehow has like his own pad with a G wagon and a Porsche. I think, like, he just has multiple cars. Just sitting there. Must be nice. Apparently. Must be very nice. Tasha and Claire really got the short end of the stick here. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. Uh, also, just great scenery all around. Great foliage. 
<laughs> see why they do guided turkey hunts there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope we get a We're guided talking turkey upland hunt. Upland bird hunting. See Matt James and, and Vibrator Girl just do some upland bird hunting and just mm-hmm. make out while wearing blaze orange Barber vests. jackets. Barber jackets. <laughs> with the with the one the shoulder pad. One quilt shoulder. Yeah. Field day with ABC. My shooter oh, jacket. Yes. Uh, also in his intro package, I had to make a note. It was really just a great slideshow highlighting uh, Matt's multiple hairstyles over the years. Really I'm nice. talking pony. I'm talking <laughs> fro. I'm talking cornrows and locks. I mean, we got the whole gamut. It was wow. He seems like very likable. Like, I mean, he just he seems like a pretty seems like a pretty nice dude. Jordan, I know that you have sources. Hashtag sources have, have Hashtag. told me that he was allegedly a dirtbag in college. Don't know if that's continued. Um, Listen, we all have. We've all, all made. We all had some dirtbags in, in, in college. So sometimes you get a little out of pocket. You know, whatever things get a little. You know. No excuses. I, I, I can't imagine Jordan's having a dirt dirt bag. Era. You never saw Jordan at Club Trinity on a Thursday night, <laughs> freaking juggling some cans on the dance floor. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know what I mean by. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, Listen, if all eight members of the cube were out juggling some cans and dance floor, you know Jordan was out on, on the P R O W L, brother. <laughs> he was just letting you all make complete idiots of yourself so then he could swoosh in good ladies. <laughs> Sorry, sorry for Can my idiotic Jordan, friends. Jordan cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> no, I was the designated driver for the cube. Uh, so. That fit. Uh, that that that. Fits. You did you did DD for a, a pretty nice Foxfield event. That was a good yeah. time. Badge of honor. <laughs> Badge of honor. What a good friend. Not not the high water mark for some members of our group, but no. you know. So. But there were cans involved. So. <laughs> Just. No, we're, we're gonna Several. we're gonna put it on your uh, bachelor application. Right. Jordan. Loyal yeah. friend to the fault. Designated driver to his friends and to the stars. Him. Designated driver to the stars. To the stars. Um, yeah. Okay. So that all said, I mean, Matt seems like a nice guy. He's yeah. pretty sincere, so that's good. Um, seems very nervous. I would also like horrible. to get out ahead of this. I'm a little sick. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I think that. All too often in the course of this show, people conflate this idea of vulnerability with the idea that I like someone. Like mm-hmm. he just you just get the thing of like, all I want is someone to be vulnerable. It's like just because someone's vulnerable with you doesn't mean you have to like them. Mm-hmm. It could be a nice thing that someone is vulnerable with you and you get to know them better because that's mm-hmm. the point of the show. But like, what if they're vulnerable with you and you're like, all right, well, still not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just think. I just think he might be painting himself into a corner here in, in which he is going to be like trying to induce a lot of like vulnerable moments that like don't ultimately help him um, find love. Are you yeah. alluding to your uh, uh, soapbox that you tend to get on about people who conflate vulnerability with, with yes. Yeah, probably. Your I think with I think depth. Yeah. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. certainly connected. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you. I'm glad you listened to those. You know what? Hey, well, I'm Logan, I also you. think it might speak to just the fact that like some people don't have a lot of that in their life personally, sure. in the relationships that they have. So when they do experience it, it's like, whoa, 
this is groundbreaking. This must be something that I should be in love with because I'm not used to yeah. it and it's new and I like it. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe just a little green in, in that okay. regard for Mr. Matt James. I guess I just, I, I think also it gets spoken about like it's a profound thing and, it, and to, to me, it's just not that profound of a desire. Like I think that that is something like vulnerability and, and depth and all of these things, like you will be able to earn that with people if you like them and they like you. Right. And no, it's not you. like, you're not, you're not like the first person that's like, Oh, I just really want to get to know someone. Like, <laughs> I'm just ready to get some vulnerable from my heart. I want to see the great, I want to see the real and the raw as, as Hannah B. I want to get into their heart balls. <laughs> a classic. A classic. Also, also, Jordals, tell the people. Tell the people about the great Heartful video. Oh, yeah. Shout out to friend of the program, allegedly, uh, Trey Kennedy, for <laughs> this is like a seven and a half minute video of what to okay. expect every season on The Bachelor. He nailed it. Every every angle, oh. he crushed it. Really good. Uh, Chef's kiss. Yeah. The, I, was- I genuinely lost it at the point where it was like, I killed one of my classmates in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, I, I killed a little girl in my kindergarten. Class. Uh, oh, so good. Uh, available on YouTube and Facebook. I haven't seen it on the gram yet. But... I did see it pop up on the gram, but it was it was a later release there. So. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Highly recommend it to our listeners. Two uh, and anyway, we started the episode with a limo. Entrance very confusing. Also, for those of us who record the episode, because you know you might jump in fifteen minutes late, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, "I oh, thought yeah. I hit rewind. What yeah. is this?" Emily, Emily was, was like, had that look on her face, like, like there was I something was really wrong. They did like, like a cold what? open. Yeah, what is going on? What what's happening? I hit record. <laughs> Why is it starting with the limo entrances? Very confusing. Um, but we have Katie. Introducing herself to Matt. Team Logan's finest specimen. And, uh, Seems like a real fun thing. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing a gift she has to him with the line that it's something she, what got, was it? Essentially, got her through quarantine. Got her through quarantine, yes. And it was a vibrator, um, which Matt just really got a kick out of. Seemed to loosen him up a little bit. Had a good laugh. Had a good chuckle fest. The vibrator that they now named MJ number two, because there's an MJ one, uh, <laughs> made a lot of appearances throughout the night. Yeah, yeah. However, look, here, here's my critique of it. If you're going to bring it... Well, you go critique. That's interesting. Yeah, you know. I like that. Okay. Go ahead. You say you like it, which really means... <laughs> no, I think it's, it's unique. I've never heard someone say the word critique. Basically, <laughs> I just don't think there were enough vibrator puns. You know, they the camera kind of panned, to the vibrator a lot, but like, if you're gonna bring that, have some strong puns ready, you know? Puns? Yeah. Like, I'm hoping we'll have some good vibrations. <laughs> uh, there's a palpable buzz over the room. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm done. Yeah, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, uh, Jordan, I think- It lost, it lost steam after- well, Yeah, it lost a little steam. We were texting about this. At least it was like, I don't want to say tactfully deployed, but like cleverly deployed. Yes. Yeah. Like so I she, think like if it was, while, it was her bit. Yeah. yeah. While we're on the top of just gimmicks and and yeah. the like, I think 
in this episode the the worst stupidest gimmicks like the most <laughs> obvious ones they got sent home and the maybe well, like, except, for Queen, except for queen victoria but yes well yeah that's that's like i don't even count that because i like that's that's just a whole nother weird situation okay. like that yeah. doesn't that fits in its own bucket in my opinion but like sure. my my girl cassandra showing up in the football outfit was so stupid like that's so that's dumb. the th most thoughtless thing to do. She got sent home, which tough one to take, but I get it. Um, <laughs> the the uh, the goat feet was was oh, another was bad one. That yeah, it was well. like, yeah. You you have to. You can't just not have a plan. Like if you're gonna do that, you got to be punnier or funnier or cleverer or something. You can't yeah. just like. What did she say? I'm the goat. You're the goat. Something you're the goat. So, and then, so I wore these yeah. shoes that are goat feet. Like, she's a real shame. That's terrible. Yes, that's number one overall pick. Sane out. A real was the name Anthony Edwards or whatever. Was that the guy uh, from like that was the number one overall pick that was like out of the league two years ago? A few like oh four the years uh, the Sir the guy from Syracuse, right? That no took from a different. I don't think it was from Syracuse, though. No. But yes, Anthony Edwards it, is a Georgia kid who just got picked number one. Gotcha. Year, but it was Anthony something. That all Anyhow. said, tough. Yeah, the the tough tough for the tough tough look for the gimmicks. Yeah, but like the pickup truck one, that was a little more like thoughtful. That one played, and got nice. rewarded. Yes, that was a good play. Also, big fan of Kayla. Team Emily coming in strong with some. Great energy. Kayla is the pickup truck girl. Oh. And also, shout out to girls who drive stick. I mean, proud of you, Kayla. Well, we'll do we see. think it was a stick shift or do we think she lied? They said it was. Chris said it was. So, so they all lied. Allegedly. I don't know. I didn't I hear mean, any grinding. So maybe single, she's single cab F like early nineties F one fifty. There's a very good chance it was stick. I need a message board. <laughs> Zap Rooter film. Three on the tree, brother. Just like the old like the old trash truck. Oh man. Look, look, proud to have another strong woman out here just representing the Vroom Vroom Club. Clutching okay? it. Clutching it. Hey see that? Great pun. That's that's yeah, the kind of energy. But there's only you. one queen of puns this season, right? We only saw one of those in the bio, so Classic, definitely classic situation. Who was that? I don't even remember her name, but it was definitely one of those situations of like, yeah, you definitely are not clean up puns. How do we feel about puns. Kit? Ooh, this is a good question. Oh, okay. she's uh, she in turn in in my theme of looks like she looks like <laughs> the uh, Queen's Gambit chick. Oh, yeah. That's a good call. You've seen that? I've not watched it, but I've seen previews. <laughs> I've seen the so trailer often enough where I'm like, that's yeah. what that girl looks like. Yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah. That's a good call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have mm -hmm. a gift. People have said. Fuzzy, uh, the weird fuzzy dress, definitely a $695 option on her mom's website. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, did she say that she was the queen of RBF? Probably. She, yes. she definitely had a case of RBF. Yes, that was uh, her. She, um, she showed up in a Bentley, right? Appears to be. She ap yep. would appear to be exactly zero fun. Not my kind of fun. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that kid and I would get along. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. We're definitely get, going to get more of Kit this season. I have a sure. feeling we are. They're going to keep her and Victoria around for the drama. Be and my guest. Rack up. Right? <laughs> yes, I'm here for it. Team, team Jordan, Team Emily, just stacking up the volatility. Conquering. Course. She'd also say that we may have made a colossal blunder. Oh, in, my in draft, gosh. In drafting. Rachel is not on a team and put together... A sterling night one performance wow. and was featured heavily in all previews moving forward. Not great. Not great for not the, uh, for the good luck for the draft. Um, I pride team. myself on knowing who's going to win. And uh, I think we're just going to have to leave her off and just wear this. Yep. This see is how she bad does. See how many. Someone, we should just count all the points she scores just we can to make see. make Jason how, score just Rachel yeah. this season. How many yes. points we left on the board? Uh, yes. <laughs> this is going to be like a. 1100 points just rachel just okay like but see my i could yes. also see her like if she doesn't play it correctly she could be the chick that gets way too serious first and scares matt a little bit and so he like pushes pushes her to the side and then he like he, he mentally emotionally prepares himself and then someone else gets to reap the benefit of it if she gets the first one on one day, it's definitely downhill from here. It's not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's hope for our egos that maybe she doesn't go go wire to wire with this thing. I like that energy, Jordan. Okay, while we're on this topic of who's burning brightly, just based on night one, knowing full well that other women are going to be coming based on the previews. Which is some booty. Who is standing out to you in terms of who has longevity in this season? Uh, Look, first impressioners usually have pretty good longevity. Mm -hmm. So we're talking Abigail. Abigail. Adorable Abigail. Oh, love her. Yeah. Definitely a bachelorette contender if she doesn't win. Yeah. Yeah, I think from my team, just looking at my roster... I would say Bree for sure, and yeah. Kristen maybe. Kristen's the lawyer, right? Yeah, she's got a yeah, lot of I, energy. She does, yeah, very confident. Yeah, she could though become the Natasha of the season that makes it far, but he like friend zones her. Like she's the one he goes to and is like. Oh, I just like kind of don't know what to board. do. Yeah. To Natasha, like whenever there was drama, he'd go to her. Natasha. Yeah, oh, yeah. Peter season. This is kind and of like, he'd always like go and he'd be season. like, "I just want your opinion of what's going on," or like, yeah. "I just you're just like the person who puts me at ease when this stuff is going on." And it's like hard friend zone. I yeah. I'm kind of worried <laughs> that might Matt might do that with Kristen. Yeah. But he's got to give her a rose to keep that that friend and that voice to reason around. Yes. So yes. keep him coming. <laughs> I'll take points anyway. I can. Anyway, I can I get can him. for that reason, her being top four, top five Love for it. that, like that she's confident. He feels at ease with her, and like yeah. But um, okay. I'm also interested in his connection with Mari. I don't necessarily love Mari's energy, but he seems infatuated with her, and I think she could be the Victoria Fuller of the season. Oh, for sure. Did you see Roger Sherman's tweet with she is the not. screenshots? No. Uh, You're as pretty as Victoria. 
he he basically like grabbed three uh screens of Matt reacting to Mary as she was walking away and he was like my guy just experienced a lifetime of emotions staring at a booty for 10 seconds <laughs> it's like <laughs> three completely different looks on Matt's face it's tremendous content uh, from Roger I'm going to get to that's amazing. I love the Sherm dog. Um, he had a similar reaction to Chelsea also. He was like, damn, she is wearing that dress. Oh, oh, and the girl was wearing that dress. Well, wow. she's a model. I hope yeah. so. She so, is stunning. Who's Chelsea? Paul oh, the, the, the runway hair. model. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, what did you guys think about Sarah, the journalist who is our broadcast journalist who is now also a caretaker for her dad, who has ASL? ALS. ALS. Wow. Thanks for that. American Sign Language. You were thinking about Abigail. Yeah. It's fine. Um, Sarah was the broadcast journalist. Oh, yeah. super impressive. Yes. Looks like Alexis from uh, Schitt's Creek. Yes. Yeah. Good call on that, Jordan. Right. Um, okay. Also, someone, there was someone else that she looked like. That I saw on an Instagram post today, and I forgot to share it with you guys. She um, a professional athlete? Maybe. Because she kind of looks like, um, ugh, kind of, not strong resemblance to goalie for the women's U.S. soccer team. Hmm. Hope Solo? No. I don't know what she just had a baby. About. Oh, well, not the goalie then. Morgan Bryan? Yeah. Alex Morgan? Morgan, Morgan Alex Morgan just had a baby. Alex Morgan just had a baby. She's not a goalie, though. Okay, my bad. That's fine. I, I think she kind of resembles her. Again, not strongly. Just saying. Now we're... <laughs> Regardless, I very much enjoy the looks-like game. Yes. So this is really Yo, she... Um, she's, uh... She's, yeah, very pretty. But, like, yeah. just the broadcast journalist thing, like, very confident, like... I don't like using the word well-spoken because I feel like that often comes off as like you're being pejorative or whatever, but like the definition of well-spoken, like speaks very confidently. Yeah. Uh, and I think was, uh, yeah, she was, she was nice. Sometimes though, you know, maybe a little too polished. So we'll see. Mm. She might be like, um, maybe going back to your vulnerability point, if she mm. is someone who... Yeah you know, takes their relationship seriously and needs time to open up, kind of like real world yeah. stuff, it's going to come across as, why aren't you willing to go deep mm -hmm. with me or be vulnerable We're going to get an ITM where it's like, I'm just trying so hard. I just, I yeah. can't get there with her. That could happen. However, she could use the story of her dad to essentially feign vulnerability. I'm going to ah, tell you something. Using family members. A tale right. as old as time. A good leverage family member. Mm -hmm. Horrific health situation. Yes um yeah okay. i don't know i don't actually have like a great feel for like i mean obviously you have like first impression and you know they they're clearly setting up the victim not the victim the villain um for at least the first handful of episodes but like i don't know i don't feel like i have a great feel for who is a strong contender we got a lot of conversations amongst the girls um we had a lot of vibrator talk uh other than that i thought it was kind of a little bit unremarkable mm. yeah <laughs> I mean, at, like, as someone who's kind of still new-ish to this franchise, and I've, I guess I've watched, like, four limo episodes, I'm starting to sense a pattern of, like, how how they all go and what the, like, what the drama is each night. And um, 
it's kind of disappointing that they all follow the same format to be honest um yeah like you you don't need to designate one girl as the stealer every year and like yeah. have her be because that's just not fun to watch like yeah i don't know the bachelor needs some new tricks yeah yeah maybe get some yeah. fresh fresh brains in the mix at the writer's I table not agree with you more jordan i think that's a very good point um i do think maggie is gonna be one of those deserved better you know uh folks yeah, I, from the she show. didn't get a lot of time on the screen i was i'm yeah. getting a little nervous here because I, <laughs> I take i take my first my first like two or three picks pretty seriously one of them's gone already maggie i'm concerned for but I'm she could come thinking. on strong later on the blonde girl who has the kid they gave her like the worst Woof. the worst oh, yeah. edit and then like the worst coupled with one of the worst performances possible um probably for the best that she's not hanging around but yeah not not yes. great she seemed a little overwhelmed the moment was a little big for her we'll say yeah. that How about the lights were too bright okay <laughs> Usually we have this situation where people look better than their bio photos. She did not. Yeah, no, it was yeah, hard. She, she didn't. Listen, yeah, people, I will say this a group, lot a lot of them looked better than their bio photos. Yes. All yeah. of the girls that have, like, dark features, not not the, like, not the, like, the dark-skinned girls, but, like, the girls that have darker features, like, Mary, terrible bio. Mari. 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 Whatever. Mari. Terrible bio photo. Yes. But like actually so like hers, pleasantly but her, hers wasn't terrible, terrible. It wasn't one of the better ones. Yeah. Well that's okay. you know I who I thought was just so impressive compared to bio and bio photo. Rachel? MJ. MJ. Yeah. Dude. I saw that coming from the I you guys would are crazy. date the hell out of MJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I was yeah, she's she seems like a delight. Oh, seems so fun, super cute, wearing that open slash low back like number. Wow, wow! Very I good. I love an open back dress. Okay, <laughs> you got a great back to the butt transition, so it works for you. Well, and I love it on other girls who wear it well, and she was wearing it oh, well. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And her hair, I love that she like wore it down natural curl like she seems like that like sporty fun girl that's just like super just, chill I mean, vibes like, yes yeah. love mj yeah. want to yeah. see more of her might be another one who deserved better in the show so we'll see that's a good yeah. call that hair's gonna be voluminous in the tropical beaches of paradise i'm gonna say that right now um i will also <laughs> someone who lived up to their bio <laughs> Corinne, is that her name? The one with the Italian family? She does marketing. Is she one of the ones that was the same dress as the other girl? No, but she was wearing like a terrible dress. Oh my gosh. Corinne. It was like that, like almost like. She so was the, the one other one we didn't draft, right? No. Uh, oh no, you're right. No it was drafted. Rachel and Corinne. <laughs> Good call. Yes. So Corinne. She was wearing one of those one shoulder numbers that you hate, Logan. But it was like yeah. weird because it had like rosettes across it. And then it was like a quarter sleeve. So it looked <laughs> like an old lady dress. And she did, did her makeup in a way that was also kind of like outdated. It was not a good look. She had a super boring limo exit. And I just like, 
Oh, it was painful. I didn't. I I was cringing for her. Mm. Poor girl. She didn't co- get coached up very well. Um, and not not memorable either. So not a paradise prospect for her. Yeah. Who was the one with the meatball? Oh, that was terrible too. But I think awful. she got picked. Oh, that was the um, nutrition girl. I think it's on Jordan's it's team. Ileana. Meat, eat my meatball. Eat my meatball. That was terrible. Put my balls in your mouth. That was. Is that supposed to be a? Is that supposed to be a funky monkey energy ball? I think so. But I think she's called it a meatball. It was huge, though. It was huge. Disgusting. There's no way that reached proper. Yeah, t- taste my balls. Do you want to taste my balls? Was her thing. Yeah. <laughs> How long was it in the danger zone? In in. It looked car? gray. It looked gray. <sighs> looked like it had fuzzies on it. Nasty. I will say too, MJ wrote out botching her entrance pretty well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes her really so like her that. Just adds to the charm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's mm-hmm. like, I got this fun back. I'm, I'm getting my money's worth. I'm walking around the car twice. Yeah. Maybe it's on purpose. Squat, squat, squat. Also, when Serena C. With was the deep it, voice. Wasn't she the one who tripped when she went up to greet him? Maybe there was several trips. There was a lot of falling. These girls are probably hamtrond. Freaking. You gotta be. You, I'm sorry. Like Dude, in that situation, Victoria was messy. You gotta be. Victoria, Victoria and Katie were both slurring the whole episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm the queen. I'm, I'm gonna talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Thank. I talk to him. Diane time. I should do it. Right. That rose is mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed. Yes. So anyway. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, quick score update here. Emily leads the way. No surprise there with 145. Jordan in second with 120. Logan, um, you know, guys, I think the curse has been lifted. I think I don't. I'm not really feeling great about my squad. Moving Logan, forward. I I want to say that I think I may have been shortchanged a few points in this week's episode. I'm I'm not going to necessarily so. call for a rewatch, but. I believe my girl Bree made at least one reference to the journey during during her sit down with with Mr. Okay. Matt. So I'm fine with adding points. Um, am I going to get all of the in love points I didn't get last season back, or are we not? I guess we're not doing well, that. I, I don't see Zach on this spreadsheet, so <laughs> he he can't score in these columns. Um, all right, I'll, uh, I'll I'll give you some journey points. Shout out to the journey. But I get it. It's new scoring grid. We've all got to adjust. So, not not to be the guy who calls the rules official over or anything. There's a lot of also Jordan. There's a lot of walking Logan through the spreadsheet. I mean, well, and seeing... like the the first episode is so stressful to score because yeah. it's your first exposure to all these girls, and you're just like, I don't remember who I these are. Got roses like three times yeah. in both directions. Like I called them out to her, she called them out to me, and we still were off by one. And like we just could not figure yeah, out because he they did that like there in the middle they just went rapid fire like a name yeah. a rose a name a rose. <laughs> just in, 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 I don't even know yeah. who these people are yeah. yet. Yeah. I don't know whose team they're on. That's the other difficult thing. Yeah, it's, I was like I don't even know who's on my team. I yeah, I, I almost <laughs> made like a separate word document with just the headshots of Emily's teams that I could study. Like okay, these are these are the ten girls I need to watch tonight. And all the Instagram. my team doesn't matter. Queued up. That I have several windows of all Instagram. Wow, I'd <laughs> yeah, be like, so proud of you, Emily. It, it's crazy yeah. that you scored all players at at the beginning of 
of us doing this. So shout out to you. Well, to be fair, That's she had me sitting amazing. there yelling every time I got any of my guys scored. Maybe I just need to make a mega board of the headshots. Oh, you could use that giant With, TV. like, Team Jordan, Team Logan. Use that 65-inch TV. Oh, <laughs> shout out. Mike, we're actually going to keep the TV, but just to take pictures. We had a we had an epiphany. We decided to uh, not, not keep the giant TV that we were gifted. Oh, no. It's too, too big in our room. You didn't want to just watch it from the bedroom? You just poke <laughs> your head into the door frame? <laughs> just lean it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, because they wouldn't have been able to hear it because the volume didn't work. Uh. So <laughs> they like I think the the receptor for the remote is like dead, uh. so you can't like connect a remote. You can't turn the vol, and there's no way to turn the volume up like manually. You can turn it on and change inputs, but that was it. Yeah. Side. This is side tangent. Yeah. Also, side tangent. Since Jordan is now our marriage counselor and he's billing me for <laughs> marriage topics on the show, um, I was definitely having one of those moments where. <laughs> I told Logan, I was like, well, I, I don't want to tell you that you can't keep it because I don't want to be a mean wife. I told you you couldn't get a boat yet. So I feel really bad about that still. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, if you want to redeem it now, I'll get the TV back. <laughs> I'm willing to compromise here. We mutually agreed that it was overwhelming the room. So, you know, yeah. this is marriage. But we are getting a new TV. Yeah. We've, we've arrived at a happy medium. Yeah. Nice. We've set up the smaller TV again. So it still feels like an upgrade moving to the 50 yeah. it. We've retrained our eyes to look at the small TV. That's smart. Yeah. That's psychology. Yeah. yeah. Well, and plus we needed to control volume. We were we were really SOL without being able to control <laughs> volume, which is tough. Oh, real quick before we, you know, end our thoughts on the girls. How did you guys feel about Anna's energy with the whole, like, I didn't get any time to talk to him? But I'm in the front row, and I'm just gonna like. Oh, couldn't stand it. I've got direct eye contact. Yeah, that's Jeez. that's the mindset of a champion. Honestly, optimistic about your chances. <laughs> that's what I drafted. You know. Yeah, um, she reminds me of Michaela. Oh, that. No, she. I think she's got a little. I'm gonna play. Jordan's gonna defend that so hard. Uh, I'm like, gonna defend my squad. Okay. You're gonna be Look, dancing hey, on Instagram. Michaela, really I got poorly. a lot of points with Michaela and Peter season, so yeah, that's dude. not a bad. But she was thing. forever and always bitching at the rose ceremony, so there's just lots of. I also need a refresher on who Michaela is because I might be she's thinking a girl of a different Canada um, who got in the tizzy. Who, with, she and the um, Asian girl were like always fighting. Me. She yeah on it was on Peter's season mm-hmm. and she was always just like she had like the crazy facial expressions she was the one always, always just like going through it and yeah. talking about oh who is the girl she got in the conflict with Tammy Tammy uh-huh. yeah she and Tammy had like a blood feud a la oh uh, no she was and, the, um, she was the one who had the weird lip licking thing Jordan yeah, that gif where she was just like licking her lips and like looking around all crazy was that a Michaela or McKenna. It's McKenna. Oh, McKenna. That's right. That's okay. why you're. Yes. That's my bad. I, I really thought. I just love this rant we gave them about her. We, 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 we clearly I <laughs> So, see, unforgettable, memorable, hopefully makes an appearance in paradise. So, same energy out of Anna. That's good for you, Jordan. Yeah. I, well, I think Anna's just a little bit more of a positive person at this point in the game. Now, mm-hmm. the the Nemecolon resort may change her for sure. She may go sour, turn 
turn to the dark side when she needs it. But um, I don't know. She seems a little too nice to really mix it up verbally and physically. Physically. <laughs> it looks like we're getting like some sort of UFC event uh, coming up soon. So look oh, that'll be an important score. So the, like, does that count as altercation or does it have to happen in a non-sanctioned? I think it counts as a competition. Okay, There's that's fine. Altercation. I just, I just want to know what I should and shouldn't stress out about. So, fisticuffs, and they're fighting. <laughs> but there might be an altercation sobre the altercation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like Noah jumping into the ring on Tisha's season led to another altercation. It's a great point, Emily. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We, uh, we get score update. Emily is in the lead again. Um, and uh, another exciting season. So we're going to, we're heading into like the fun episodes here. We got yep. a few weeks of fun episodes and then, and then it just gets and boring. Then it gets really boring and starts sucking again. And then you have to turn it into a drinking game. Oh. So it goes. Yeah. Now to, to all of our credit, like none of our teams got absolutely decimated. Nightmare. Yes. Emily Otis that she's yeah. like, this is the most even, I think split we've ever had. Yeah. After mm-hmm. So that's encouraging for the gang. You got eight, right, Jordan? What's that? Seven. You went eight for ten? I, th- I sh- think I should be eight. Yeah. He went eight for ten. We went seven for ten. Mm-hmm. I think Emily had nine. Team And Rachel is just unclaimed on waivers. I have eight. Okay. Eight, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Go team. Go team. All right. Yeah, I I am going to be interested to see how many new uh, contestants they bring in and at what point. Like, I I think it's going to be a mess to try and, like, fit them on to our teams. So I'm content with just riding with the OG squads. Unless they do a similar thing that they did for Tasha, where they brought three. So, we'll see. I, I think that's how it's going to be. In which case, we could just divvy them out again, yeah. you know, or do like an emergency draft thing. Yeah, because it but. looked like uh, old old girl from Colton season showed up at a separate time, like yeah, not not in the same limo or whatever. But yeah, we'll just give Heather and Rachel to Jason. <laughs> Heather will still win somehow. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well. Okay. This out. Yes, I am. It's the Wheel Round podcast. You know, all of the things. Oh, do you have any college football takes, Emily? Before we're done here. Mm-mm. I think I gave him on the last episode. Jordan, you know Kyle Pitson dropped a single pass all year. That's awesome. He uh, yeah. he learned some stuff from Hassis Dubois last year. Seeing him in the Orange Bowl, I'm sure. Oh, that's true. Hassis Dubois had had the paws. Big old hairy paws. All right. This is the Wheel Route Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're at the Wheel Route on Twitter. WheelRoutePodcast at gmail.com. TheWheelRoute.com is the website. You can find us uh, on your favorite podcast acquisition service as well, or just stream us on the website. Either way, it's all good. Um, go Gators. Go Who's. May the roses ever be in your favor, boys. <laughs>